I pray this morning, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will so fill the room, the Holy Ghost would so be in this room that this very moment, every other spirit would depart. That you would be so exalted when we understand your power that we could barely contain it. We pray the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus over our enemy, Satan, who is the master of death and would love that to be the final word that you are dead, gone, never to be seen again. But you, God, have given us a spirit of enlightenment and discernment to see that there's hope beyond the grave. That we have this hope living inside of us that we can bring those who are in the valley of the shadow of death to walk, to make it, and not just to make it, but to be triumphant and see that death for the child of God is victory. The grave is swallowed up. We pray this morning that we would be empowered by your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. And that's our key for today. It's, it's this, I am empowered. Many people in the room need it, certainly those who have gone through the valley of the shadow of death. I cannot think of ever in 41 years hearing of so many loved ones that have passed on to be with the Lord as I have in the last few weeks. I said this to my wife. I said, I actually think that it's God preparing us because our parents, those of us who have parents that are getting older, have passed on to be with the Lord, most of us that are my age. And now God is saying to us, it'll be soon for you. Life is a vapor, is it not? God would want us, I know, you'll get used to it. You'll get used to it. Some of you are like, oh, I was sleeping. You woke me up. I'm not even in a funny mood today. I'm in a triumphant mood because this is something I know and I have learned that purity is the way to power. Impurity is, a, is the fastest way to get unplugged. So I tested it all week this week and said, I will not consciously sin any sin. I will consciously avoid any act of sin, whether it's intentional or not intentional. I will try my best to live my life this week pure, and it was the most awesome week you could possibly have. It makes me realize that God is real. He is. There are so many things that we're looking for this morning, it's hard to touch on all of them, but I pray that the Holy Spirit will fill you with something today. Because all of us desire to be loved. We want to be cared about. This is the last week of Steve and Katie's freedom. They get married. There's a long dark hair in my folder. I don't have any, so it can't be mine. All of us desire something this morning. We desire significance. I shared this before. We desire sufficiency and we desire security. We want to be loved and made to know that we're important. We want to be 
provided for and know that our needs are going to be met and that we can actually make it. And we'd like to be secure. Driving down the road, you never know at any moment when your life is going to be taken. Just a week ago on Saturday night, a deer ran into our car. Had it been even just a fraction of a second later, it would have came all the way through my window and probably killed us because our vehicle would have probably rolled. So this is what I do. I say, thank you, Jesus. You were there just at that moment because it was not your time for me or my wife or my little boy to go. But it was for some other people this week. Sad to say this Calvin girl, her last name was Oscom, and, and Bill told me about her just before the service because the anniversary of their daughter's death, Dana, is just two years ago yesterday, wasn't it? The accident was yesterday. Yep. And here, a young Calvin lady who thought she was just going somewhere, back to school probably, was killed by a man, a young man who was out of control with his vehicle, is trying to escape the police. She, I guarantee you that she did not wake up that day thinking that this would be my last. But life is a vapor, is it not? It appears, the Bible says, for a little while, and then it just vanishes away, and you say to yourself, what happened? Why didn't I express my love more? Why didn't I just tell them one more time that I love them so much? And, th and this is for us today. God has empowered us to literally take people away from death. Who? Those that are living. I can literally, as a child of God, raise people from the grave because there is no death for the child of God. And so if your loved ones understand and know Jesus, they won't have to die. Do you understand that? Their life never ceases because Jesus was raised from the dead. So are we. We are transported right into real continuation of our life in a far better place. I bought a plaque for Bill and Karen this week and put it by their door. And basically it said this, I'm not here anymore, but I'm okay. In fact, I'm good. Do I miss you? Yes. Would I want to come back? Probably not. Would I want you to be with me? Yes. Yes. God says that I have the ability through sharing with you the gospel to keep you from the grave and death separated from God. Our bodies don't just go to the grave to rot. Our spirits are instantly translated into a real place. That's powerful. I think we realized in the past few weeks that God will never ask anything of us that he has not already given us the tools to make happen. Correct? Yes. He is not going to come to you and say, I'm asking something of you, but you won't be able to do it. He is saying, my grace is sufficient. Is it not? That doesn't mean it won't hurt. That doesn't mean that you will understand everything. It doesn't mean that you instantly get over it or won't have to think of it the rest of your life. He just says this, my grace will be sufficient to help you make it. And guess what else? You can be God's grace to somebody else. Yes, you can. You can fix them a meal. 
You can embrace them and love them. You can write notes of encouragement. You can do something to make them realize they are not alone. We've been together four weeks in this study, and we have found out this, that I am, first of all, what? Blessed. Come on. I am. Blessed. I am. I am. Saved. And I am. Sealed. sealed. I'm sealed. My salvation is sealed. No one can steal it from me. We realized that last week. And I, I shared with you a statement that T.D. Jakes made that I thought was ridiculously powerful. It's not what you perceive about me that matters. It's what God knows about me. We put so much emphasis on our identity as other people dictate it. Well, he's fat. She's fat. He's too skinny. Or He's stupid, or he's not an athlete, or whatever. God says it's not about what people perceive about you. It's what he knows about you. Who cares who comes and goes, people? Stay focused here. God has placed inside of us the tools we need to make it, and not just make it. The tools we need to bring others from the valley of the shadow of death, to bring others into the kingdom of God. He has given us everything that we need. And sometimes, I mean seriously, sometimes it seems like we are just without an answer. Desperate. Right? Where God wants us. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My brother Bill, and we are very close friends, is sitting right here grieving today. But understanding God, not turning away from God, not cursing God, not questioning God, that will do you no good. I will make you a solid promise. It will make you bitter, and bitterness will be your lifetime enemy. Set yourself free today. Let God be God. Don't try to second guess what God is trying to do. And sometimes he puts us in these desperate states. And desperation produces then desire. Either desire to work outside of the will of God to get what you want, or desire to work in the will of God and have all your needs met according to his riches and glory. It's one or the other. It's either get what you want or wait on God. How many people do I know that make promises to God? Well, God, these are my standards. This is how I'm setting it out there. This is the way it's going to be. And on and on and on. And then the moment they become desperate, all of that goes out the door. Because you don't think it's ever going to happen. You have convinced yourself that you need to lower your standard because it's never going to happen. God's never going to explain this. God's never going to tell you why this happened in your past. And, and, and it creates this desire. And desire then, if it's right, it craves determination. It craves determination. I am determined to either do good or bad. Listen, I shared this at men's Bible study a few weeks ago, and it's very, very powerful and very important. If you let desire meet opportunity and your desire is not correct, you will sin. You will be sad. You will break your vow to God that you were going to stay pure and you were going to be holy and you were going to marry a virgin and you were going to do this and that and the other thing. All goes down the drain because your desire met opportunity and you 
failed the test. I don't know how I'd respond if one of my children died. My wife and I have had this conversation many, many times. Bill Bowman is my friend, and Karen, I cannot understand. They love their daughter so much, they grieve. They were so close. I don't want to go through that. The Needhams, the same thing. The Tresciottis, in one fail swoop, three of Jamie's loved ones were gone. I cannot explain it. I've done multitudes of funerals. I cannot explain it. I must do what you must do. Be determined to trust God. Be determined that my desire through this will be to exalt God no matter what. Or my desire will go the wrong place and I'll abandon God and go looking for some answer to it in the world and it'll never do you any good. Never, 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 never. Because determination will produce your destiny. Yes. Yes, yes. If you are determined that you must get married your way, your destiny will be different than if you'd said, I am determined not to marry anyone who does not fit the God-honoring, Christ-honoring scenario. Why lower your standard? Because you can't wait. You don't want to be alone? Why? People, I can't even preach this anymore. Look at me and listen to me. I cannot preach what I believe the Bible wants me to preach because people are offended constantly. You don't, honey. Because you don't have to take the verbal beating. I need a cough drop. But I mean, I, I know that my wife means that. Who cares? And that's why... Thanks. <laughs> We're not trying to produce some, some show here. We're not. I can tell you most assuredly, I had the best week I could possibly have because I did not ever once consciously sin. Don't you think there's a correct, a, a, an absolute, definite connection between not sinning and being happy? Yes or no? Any born-again child of God in this room, boy, God wants to move today because I prayed the power of God would come down like lightning and sit on us. We're desperate. The music was awesome today. It was just spirit-filled. It took you into the presence of God. And, And guess what? A lot of people here are not even telling you what's going on inside. They're hurting. They wouldn't make it. You wouldn't make it without God, would you, Bill? Not a second. If I lost one of my children, I think I'd be crazy. I'm crazy now, but I'd be crazier. Crazy in a bad way. I love these people and those people and those people, and I'm leaving people out. I'm just saying they have lost a child. I love those people. You got me praying for you. Yes. Do you understand it? No, there's no way. Most men fail, not because of lack of opportunity, but because of the lack of determination. So how do we fail? We give up. Don't give up on God. He's still there. He's still here. 
You can have him right now. Just reach out and take what he's offering you. I don't even know who I'm talking to because we have had so many new families visiting our church. But I do know this. God, when he really loves you, he makes you desperate. Am I right? You are so desperate. You have been searching and searching and looking for something and nothing satisfies you outside of God. Nothing. A lack of determination. In John 14, Jesus said this. I can guarantee this truth. Those who believe in me will do the things that I am doing, but they will do even greater things because I am going to the Father. Greater in magnitude or size of miracles? I don't think you fed 5,000 from two loaves and five fishes, or five loaves and two fishes, for that matter. Sometimes my brain slips like, let's see, what's it, five loaves or two loaves? Doesn't matter. Fed thousands of people. Is that what he's talking about? Mm -mm. What's he talking about? Greater things. You can bring people into the kingdom for a long time. Every day. His ministry was, his earthly ministry was three years. You will do greater things than I am doing right now. Greater things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done. There's an entire world that needs to know Jesus is the answer. So, God will never ask you to do anything that he has you not already equipped you with the tools to do. You mean I actually have the tools to do this? Yeah, you have the tools right inside of you. He made you that way. In verses 25 through 27 of the same chapter in John 14, he says, all this I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the advocate that we talked about last week, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you things and remind you of everything that I have told you. And here it is, people who need it this morning. Peace. I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world gives you because there is no peace in the world whatsoever. No, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. We live in fear. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? Are you appropriating the power of God? Or are you living in fear? God has a plan for you, and most of us just can't see it, and so we think it is time to take over. I'm getting old. It's time to take over now and take matters into my own hands. And I will guarantee you, when you do that and that desire meets opportunity, you begin the path of miserably being out of the plan of God. Are you listening to me? Many are on the verge of making a serious decision, and this message is for you. You are making the wrong choice. God's not even in it because you're not willing to wait. It's too late, Pastor. I'm 90 years old, and really, we're still supposed to have a baby? Preposterous things. Greater things can happen in our lifetime. Greater things than those kind of miracles. 
My text for today is Ephesians chapter 1, 18 through 23, and it's not going to be as long as you think, so hang in there. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe, that power is the same power as the mighty strength he extended when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That is a mouthful. Three quick things out of there I'm going to give you. Three things, and I'll ask you what they are in a moment, so you better memorize these. He said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know the hope to which you have been called. He gives you enlightenment. Because right now you're asking God why. Right? Look up here. You're asking God, God, please give me wisdom because I'd really like to do this. I'd really like to rob this bank, but I'm not sure if it's your will or not. You laugh at that, but that's how we hang, handle our decisions. God, I'm just putting a fleece out there. I have, a, I have a little game that we play quite often. We were doing it at the restaurant the other night, Josiah and I and Becky, and I always take the knife and put it in the middle of the table, and it's got to be the right kind of table, you know, so you can just spin it. Goes around like that, and I always make up things just randomly. Whoever it lands on is the most beautiful person at the table. And it doesn't count if it's in one of these slots. You can play it with your family. Whoever, oh God, this is like Russian roulette. Whoever it lands on is the smartest person at the table. Whoever it lands on is the ugliest person at the table. And then we laugh, laugh, laugh. <laughs> That's so funny. But in reality, that's how we treat life. Shoom. Let me see now. Whatever guy that lands on, he's the one I should marry. That's the girls. Whoever it lands on, oh, God, please, may he be a hunk. Oh, God, please, maybe spiritual, maybe have nice teeth, maybe have whitened them, and, and maybe rich, athlete. Russian roulette with life. See, most of the time, we're not enlightened because enlightenment is wisdom. And James, we already talked about this in men's Bible study many times. I've, I've talked about it here at church. You know this. Enlightenment or wisdom is from God, true wisdom. When it's earthly, sensual wisdom that James talks about in his book, it has two characteristics. Number one, what? Guys, bitter envying. But he's married. And she's married. Why can't I be married? And the other one is what? Jealousy. Selfish ambition. I want to get ahead. I want to do this and I want to do it my way and I want to do it now. It has to be this way, God. And every single time you invoke that earthly wisdom, you make the wrong decision and down the road you have to pay for it. You ever stop to think that if maybe you had been faithful to God, what happened wouldn't have been happening? 
Hmm? Ever stop to think about that? Maybe if you had been faithful to God, what happened wouldn't have had to happen. Because much of the time, God is coming back and saying, I really want to get your attention, but you won't listen to me. You have these little spurts of time where you come back to God and, oh, God, I really need you because when I'm not around you, bad things happen. And God says, I will just keep working these things until you get it because I love you. Because you're not happy. Oh, you're not happy. Ladies, you're not happy. You continue to go through the same attacks, the same satanic attacks all the time, and you wonder why it's happening. It's because your wisdom is earthly and sensual. It is outrageous how politically correct we have to be now. We can't say anything. I will get an email as soon as the service is over from somebody who's offended about something I said, and soon you'll go to jail for it. It's coming. Earthly, sensual wisdom. He says, secondly, I pray the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people that you may know the hope of the riches, the inheritance in his holy people. You know what you get for being faithful to God and godly wisdom? You are rich. Oh, God, am I rich? Oh, God, am I rich? I'm, I'm not making this up. I'm the richest man in the room in my eyes. I can't even possibly list all the riches. I got my wife. She's been faithful to me 41 years. She loves me passionately. She has been taught me so many things. I'm so blessed. Yes, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed that I'm in Christ. I'm so blessed that I'm saved. I'm so glad, blessed that I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit. And no one in here and no former church can take that away from me. And I don't need to be bitter because I'm happy. I am happy. I'm the happiest when I'm the holiest. I'm not happy when I'm not holy. Let me guarantee you this. Your desire is being taken the wrong direction, and that's why you're not happy to stick with the vows you made with God. Let that sit on all of you that are being immoral. Let that rest on your shoulders, even if you're not actually intimately sexually involved with the other person, but you're fantasizing about them. You are not obeying God, and you're miserable. Men are pigs. truth <laughs> delayed response you had to think about that one <laughs> women are pigs too women are don't tell me women aren't pigs too they are dirty the garbage on tv nowadays that's exalted who the heck cares about the kardashians what a messed up group of women and men sicko the wives of Atlanta or housewives of Atlanta, they're not housewives, they're house whores. I'm not afraid to say it's the truth. Jesus would say it's an abomination to our nation. He said the third thing you get out of this text is this. You have incomparably great power. You have enlightenment, 
riches, which is amazing, and power. I'm going to focus there for a few minutes. You have power. Why do some people in the room seem to have so, many, so much more wisdom when it comes to average decisions? And they don't just dawdle around. They can make decisions because these people are fully trusting God and don't get totally sidetracked every time something ruffles the water around them. You understand this? They don't get offended every time I preach because the Bible says great peace of they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. They're not going to get offended. They're going to get over it and say, there's something wrong with me that I need to think about. My gosh, you have to worry about whether you say Mr., Miss, Ms., Z, Zim, Azur. What in the world? These Marines this week got in big trouble because they were passing on the Internet nude pictures of female Marines that they got. Okay, this will get me in big trouble. I think there are some things that are meant for men and some things that are meant for women. And when you cross those things, we have trouble. We want to be treated like women. Women shouldn't wear a 90-pound backpack and you say, yeah, we should. Oprah does. <laughs> Oprah does and the women on The View do. They all got a backpack on. Yeah? The big one on the end table, she could probably handle it. She's about as liberal as anyone could be and nauseates me. Absolutely nauseate. And these are made to be our kids' idols. Excuse me, Hollywood, you're not my idol. I'm not interested in you. Sad to say, you can't go see Beauty and the Beast because Disney decided to tell us that we should accept gay relationships. You can't even, you say, nobody's telling me I can't go see. You're, Pastor, you're just way too, wait till I find something wrong with you. I'll annihilate you. Don't tell me that's not what happens. There are people in this room who are waiting to find my, I'm, I'll just dump it on you all right now. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm chief. There you go. I'm only the guy that's supposed to deliver what God wants to be delivered to you today. Don't blame me. Blame the Holy Spirit. Right? Why are some people wiser? Because wisdom comes from God. And the only way you're going to have wisdom is having a relationship with God and being in the Word, and He'll tell you what to do. Why do people come and ask me questions about things is what I don't understand. They come and ask me my advice on things. Do you really want me to tell you? Because I'm going to tell you something that you already know. Are you listening? Yes. If you're being immoral, what do you suppose I'm going to tell you? So why did you come and ask? But I really love him. And we, you know, we're older and we just don't want to put our two homes together because then our kids will be fighting about who gets the inheritance. Screw that idea. What a, what a lame reason to excuse your horrible lifestyle. Let that bring you back to church. You won't want to come because you don't like to hear what you don't want to hear, but it's a fact. God doesn't smile on immorality, does he? So wisdom has those two characteristics. 
What kind of power do I have? I, I'm, I'm skipping a little bit down further on the page there for Anastasia, you're doing a good job. We have the same kind of power that raised Jesus from the dead. That was powerful because no other God has ever been raised from the dead. The resurrection is the key to our life, whether you realize it or not. If Jesus didn't raise, if there wasn't enough power to bring Jesus back to life and take him to heaven, then we have no hope. We might as well go home. It's over, done. Because good works are getting us nowhere. Good works will get you nowhere. Secondly, he had the same kind of power that seated him at the right hand of God. So I looked online and says, well, what's, what's so important about being seated at the right hand of God? Because Jesus then becomes as equal to God. He's seated. He has the same authority that God does. Secondly, Jesus sitting right next to God. He's my lawyer fighting for me. Now, maybe you've never needed a lawyer before, but I'm going to tell you something. They're not cheap. If you call Duffy's Law Firm, it's going to be expensive. Fortunately for me, he's my friend and he's representing me even right now in my continuing ongoing case and not charging me. So I owe him a lot. Guess what? I owe Jesus a lot more than I owe Duffy. You know what he's doing all day long? He's looking over at God and saying, no, no, he's forgiven. No, he's forgiven. No, he's forgiven. No, she is. No, she is. And she is. And he is. And he is. And she is. And he is. That's what he's doing. Oh, I know Steve Swindle. Yeah, he's a rascal. But I love him. My blood has covered his sin. Next week, I'm talking about grace. My blood has covered his sin, his past, his present, and his future. He is okay. No matter what he does, he can never separate me from him. It's not possible. He has power because he's seated at the right hand of God. He has the same kind of power that turned water into wine. His first miracle on the earth. When he started his ministry, the, there was no good wine to serve, and he turned the water into wine. He said, that's no big deal. Magicians can do that nowadays. Have you ever seen David Blaine, Blake, or whatever his name is, the flake? <laughs> By the way, there's a new show on television called The Magicians. It's about as evil and demonic as anything you could ever see. Don't watch it. They're coming into your living room. And this week, we found out that now those who own a smart television, the NSA can see in your house whenever they want to. They can watch anybody in here. It is 1984, if you've ever read George Orwell's book. It is 1984 right now. Things are happening more rapidly than they could ever possibly happen. Soon, we will be able to take a chip and have artificial intelligence. We won't need our computers. All we'll have to do is just let the chip take us to wherever. You won't even, no one will even know you're looking at garbage. You have a chip. And the government will know everything you're thinking too. Anytime they want to chime into your brain, they'll plant thoughts in there. We'll become like robots. That's not going to happen. Oh, yes, it is. It's happening. Yes. He turned the water into wine. This is one power they cannot have over me because I'm not taking any chip no matter what happens. One power they can't have. The power that Jesus Christ had when he raised from the dead, seated at the right hand of God, and passed even greater power to me if I'll tap into it. Listen, you have unplugged your power source. You know how you unplug the power source? Garbage! Garbage in, willfully. Willful disobedience brings garbage into my life and makes me wonder why I'm sad. 
I am more than a conqueror in Christ. That's not just some lame cliche. It's the truth. I have power living inside of me. I tested it all week this week. It's amazing. Why aren't you using the power source? You're not reading the Bible. I don't like to read. Then listen to sermons. I don't like listening to sermons. Then find a way because the enemy is stopping you and your children from having the power that God has placed inside of you. I could go on and on and on. John 14 guarantees of this to me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I am going to come back and take you with me and welcome you into my presence so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am. You know the way. Right now in this room, this fast, everybody in here that knows the way and is locked into the way is saved and sealed. <sighs> saved and sealed. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not de de demons or angels or heaven or hell or death or whatever. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing. Nothing but your thoughts. God must not love me because why would he take my daughter? Why would he take my family? Why would he take my daughter? Why would he take my son? Why would he let me go through divorce? Why would he let us lose our finances? I am telling you this. People, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. You don't have to pray for power. You already have it. You get this? I don't have to be an, pray to be an error. Of, of the king. I'm a child of the king already. You can't take it away from me. No church can take it away from me by kicking me out and spreading garbage all over the internet. No, no person in this room can take it to me, away from me because I'm plugged into the power source who says, I love you, pastor. And you know what else? I love you too. I love you. You love me. We're a happy family. Let's all sing it together. I love you. You love me, we're a happy family with a knick-knack, paddywhack, give the dog a bone. I don't think that's part of that song, though. Is it? See, see, stay with me, stay with me, because I know some of you have already checked out. We're an hour and 21 minutes into the service. You can handle it. When we become spiritually dull by not tapping into the power source, Hmm. When you're not tapping into the power source, spiritual dullness sets in, and then you make the wrong decision. And you know it's because you've been lusting. You know it's because you've allowed sin into your brain, and now the enlightenment that you should have that was a gift to you in Ephesians is not there and so what do you do? You try to get other people to advise you to, to approve of what you want to do that you already know you shouldn't do. Am I right? Come on, there's got to be some people that agree with me. I paid you. I paid you ahead of time. <laughs> Come on. Is this not the truth? The reason why you don't have any wisdom is because you're dull. 
Sin blinds us. Understanding Satan's grip on us is very important. You know where he has you. Do you not? You know where he has you. Get free. Break free. This is how you do it. Plug back in to the word of God because he is the word. The word of God will bring life back into you. I told you my mom almost died when they tried to have children. I was in college. They tried several times to have children. She went to the hospital. She lost so much blood. They said they didn't know she was going to make it. She was on a gurney. And I distinctly remember my mom saying this. I kept coming in and kept going out. And I heard the nurse say, we're going to lose her. We're going to lose her. We've got to get her blood. And she blacked out, she said. And then all of a sudden, she felt cold blood flowing in her veins and bringing her back to life because the life is in the blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. That what? That washes white as snow, brings my discernment back. Yeah, brings my discernment, my enlightenment back. It makes me realize I'm rich once again, even if I'm all by myself, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even if I've lost three of my loved ones in one fail swoop. I am rich. I am rich. You are rich. Say it. I'm rich. You say it. Can you say it, Jamie? We're rich. And you know what else? You know us? It's not just because I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I have, I have spirit bumps all over. Remember spirit bumps from that lady? I have spirit bumps all over because it's, God, you are powerful. I am not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is this. It's not just power to save me from hell. The gospel is the power to live every day triumphantly and to give some of what's in me to him and some of what's me to them and some of what's me to them who are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You will do even greater things than I did when I was on the earth if you'll just tap into the power source. Plug in you got a way. It's simple. Make it a part of your daily life to tap into the power source. It's so amazing what it'll do. I put this Superman symbol up here because in reality, God's already given us the superpowers. Everything on TV, the devil makes all these kids want to be these superheroes. These superheroes. And the reality of it is this. If you've been blood-bought through what Jesus did on the cross and accept him and are truly saved and sealed by the Holy Spirit, you have the power in you. Charge it up. Charge it up. Fire it up. And greater things will happen. Right? Yes, Spirit of God, you fall right now. You know who in this room who needs to be charged by the Spirit of God that they already have living inside of them. You saved? Yes or no? You're saved. If you're saved, you're sealed. Nobody can take it away from you. Please listen to me. You know what needs to go. You, need, you know what needs to go. There's stuff in your, in your life that needs to go because you've lost your hope. You've actually lost your hope. That's what he talks about in the text for today, that he has enlightened you to the riches, the hope of the riches that you have. If you would just simply listen and obey. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's ridiculously amazing. I am... Um, a couple was having a garage sale and they decided to sell 
an aqua-colored mirror. They thought it was worthless. They'd had it for a long time. Someone gave it to them at their wedding, and they thought it was worthless. And so a guy came in, and he, he looked at it, and he said, I'll give you two bucks for the mirror. And they said, it's, a, you know, it's ugly. It's, it's aqua-colored. You can barely see in it. We, we, don't have, we have no use for it. Just take it. He went home, and he got in the car, and he realized something. Now, wait a second. There's a film on here. And he started to peel away the film, and it was a beautiful gold frame, and you could see as clear as a bell. There is a film on our lives. There is a film that is clouding you from what, oh, man, I wish people would listen. There's people that are, are supposed to listen are looking around. I'm looking at them thinking, oh, God, it's got to be him. Oh, God, it must be her. God, it's got to be them. They're, they're not, they think it's everybody else. There is a film on your eyes so you can't even see that you are addicted to something that God does not want you addicted to, and it's clouding your view, and so you don't have the discernment. You don't have the hope. You don't feel rich. You feel deprived of something that you need. No amount of money and no amount of sex is ever going to make you happy. I can promise you that for sure, but God will. See, what I know about people in this room that I know well is that the only time they're happy is when they're totally abandoned to God. Totally abandoned to God. You've lost your fears because you've been overtaken by God. He fills us up. He enlightens us. He offers us incomparable great riches. He sends divine power. And then your eyes are open because, because the truth is this. When you have no vision, you walk aimlessly, you live carelessly, and you die shamefully. Why didn't I do the greater things that God was talking about? This is what I want to do today. Maybe it's not you, but you know somebody else that needs really needs to be transformed, and you could be the power source to doing that. By plugging into the word and by not giving up and praying like you've never prayed before, never. You're gonna come down here and I left this row empty, you're gonna get on your knees and you're gonna pray for, for something specifically. Right now, when the praise band comes, so close your eyes. In a moment, you're gonna have this opportunity. You're gonna come, you're gonna believe that God wants you to pray for something specific this morning that you need an answer to. God, God the Holy Spirit, awaken us from our slumber. Open our eyes, open the eyes of our hearts so that we can see you right now. 